Welcome to CritterCast, episode 53. I am your co-host, Karina. And I'm Cassie. Our other co-host. Yes. And this is CritterCast, our wacky, wild, and wonderful podcast about all things animals all over the world. Woo! We are not experts here at CritterCast. We are just hardcore fangirls of Critters Big and Small. And excellent researchers. And one of us is an excellent researcher, and one of us hated research in school but is pretty good at researching animals <laughs> today on critter cast friends we bring you not an episode all about one particular species of animal or even one particular individual animal with everything going on in the world and yes if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm very surprised. You must well, already maybe, be doing a great job self-quarantining. Maybe you're listening to this in the future. Oh. Maybe you've just discovered our podcast and you've gone back and you're listening to all the episodes in our the podcast. It's 3000. That's right. And everybody lives underwater. In tunnels under the ground. Into the year 3000. In tunnels Not under much the has snow. Changed, but we live <laughs> underwater. <laughs> uh, don't come at me, Jonas Brothers. I don't have the rights for that song. Um, maybe. You're right. Maybe. We are talking about COVID 19, the coronavirus. Everyone is being encouraged to help slow the spread of this virus that, you know, we don't have a treatment or a vaccine for at this time to stay home as much as possible and to self quarantine whether or not you're sick, just to keep everybody else around you healthy and keep you from picking up germs and spreading them to others. Yes. So, you know, be a decent person, follow the guidelines, and we're going to give you some really cool things to make you smile a little bit on a gloomy day. That's right. And uh, some recommendations on things that you can do to be a really cool animal lover during this time. <laughs> awesome. Because, you know, that's what we're here for. Yeah, I love it. I, we felt like this was very important right now because there's enough bad news in the world and enough stress. And the thing that makes me happiest when I'm really stressed out is happy animal stories. So that's what we're bringing you. We've, we wish. That's what we're bringing you today <laughs> on this stammers. very unscripted podcast, <laughs> CritterCast. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have Heckin' yeah, you are. Yes, you are. You are listening to CritterCast, and we are so excited to have you here today. And like we said, you know, we're doing something a little bit different today, but we think that you'll all really enjoy it. There's still going to be some nerdy science aspects oh, to these yeah. stories, as That's well as, you know, maybe just some cute stories, too, because you got to do both. So we swapped off. We each picked a couple different stories to highlight. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Who, who wants to start? Do you want to start? Sure. I can start. Go for it. Uh, do you want me to start with a more sciencey heavy one or like a fun little intro one? Um, I have mine. So I have a fun one, a science one, and then a fun one. So we could just spread them out a little bit. Okay. That sounds good. So let's start with just a quick little fun one. Then. Sounds good. All right. So a couple of episodes ago, we talked about koalas and the devastation that koalas and other marsupials were facing in Australia right. as a result of the really out of control bushfire season. Um, 
And there was a, a lot of bad news in that one. Yeah. Some positive stuff. Yeah. For rescue and recovery. So I have a couple more really, really positive stories. Oh, good. That came out of that. Good. So both of these are, I'm just going to do them together because they're both really short and they're about dogs. And okay. dogs saving the day in Australia during the bushfires. Not surprised. Dogs save the day every day. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all is a dog named Patsy. 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 a good name. She's a herding dog. She's actually a shepherd mix. And she lives on farms and does a lot of herding. Right. And so when the bushfires were spreading to a town in Victoria called Koryong? Koryong? Sure. Koryong? Why not? It's about 220 miles south of Canberra. She and her owner, Stephen, or her handler, Stephen, were like, hey, we know what to do. So they hopped in their car and they drove out to the front lines where all the sheep were. Mm -hmm. And it can be really, 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 really hard right. to get sheep to do what you want, especially when they're panicked. That's why we literally bred dogs yes. to do it, because... It's not easy. Dogs are the main way that we can do this. Right. One of the only really effective ways right. and safe ways. Um, and especially in a panic situation when it's, there's a fire literally coming towards you. You got to get those, those sheep moving in the direction you want them. Well, Patsy said, I am here to save the day. She sprang into action and she helped to herd over 220 sheep. Um, let's see. There was actually a flock of more than 220, and she saved all but six. Girl. Right? Look at you go. She's amazing. And you know the beautiful thing about that is that because she's a dog, she's not going to spend the rest of her life feeling bad about those six. No. Isn't like, that great? she's a dog. So she's yeah. going to be like, I did a job. I did a good job. Yeah. I did my work. She did the best I job. I was so good. Good girl, Patsy. Good, good job. I know. That's a good dog. So then the other story that I have about a dog who's been a very good dog mm -hmm. in Australia is a dog named Bear. Oh. So Bear is a herding cattle dog mix. Mm -hmm. And Bear was actually a rescue himself. Of course he was. I know. What a good boy. He was. He's a very good boy. And like many of the herding dog types, he uh, is very eager to learn and very smart. So he was a little over energetic as mm -hmm. a puppy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so his handler figured out that his favorite thing to do was to um, sniff around and to help locate marsupials. Oh. Yeah. And so he'd actually been doing this for a while um, as part of conservation efforts. So okay. his, his job was to walk through undergrowth and to sniff out trees where koalas and quals, which is another type of marsupial, um, were living where maybe it wasn't the best place for them. Mm -hmm. And then they could be um, either counted or checked on, or if necessary, they could be included in a conservation effort. Ah, yeah. cool, cool. So it was kind of perfect for him. They're the koala sniffing dog. Yeah, because when the bushfires went through, a lot of koalas made it through the bushfires. Right. But then the danger was not having food afterwards. Right. Right. Or maybe having injuries that went right. untreated. And right. So Just he... Just not having habitat. Yeah, you know? exactly. That was the big problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So he and his handler uh, took precautions to keep him safe by putting on protective socks on his little pausers. Mm -hmm. And then they walked through the scorched areas after the fire was out mm -hmm. and sniffed out 
all of the koalas and the that had survived Mm -hmm. so that they could be taken for treatment or to sanctuaries and places that would make sure they were taken care of because death tolls can be so much higher for wildlife when there aren't efforts like that exactly so what a good boy bear what a good dog just those those star efforts on all accounts one heroic in the moment and one that can continue doing work such a good dog after you know after the fact for a long long time after the fact yes Oh, See, dogs are amazing for koalas and all the other animals yep. in Australia because dogs are there to help them out. <laughs> dogs are the best. Dogs and their handlers. I love yes, stories like that. Their handlers are so great. It's both dogs and people yeah, working, working together. together to help, which mm-hmm. is which is just a star team. Anytime you get a, a really yes. good working dog and a really solid, responsible owner, they can do a lot together. Absolutely. So cool. Oh, so sweet. I love it. What good stories to get us started. Thank you. I think we'll continue on this track of yeah. like easy, just kind of cute stories. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll maybe get a, a little a bit little more science-y. serious one. And then Sounds we'll good. maybe take a, a mini pause Perfect. and listen to some other cool podcasters. And then we will continue on our journey. I love It'll it. It'll be so fun. So my first story for you, Cassie, is about... Are you going to be surprised? No, it's about a cat. <laughs> I was going to guess. I, duh. I mean, how could it not be? We all know here that like, ultimately, I can't even think about all the numerous wild animals that I love. So whenever people ask me, you know, what's your favorite animal? I'm just like, cat. cat I don't know. Cat. A cat. cat I Any guess cat. cat. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, specifically, of course, our domesticated house cat friends. Oh, yeah. So my story I originally found on the Dodo, which if you guys are not familiar, nice. following them on Facebook, following their website, they just have a lot of fun animal stories. It's a kind of feel good website. Exactly. It is not the kind of website to go on to for like legitimate sourcing of current issues. But if you're just looking to smile about some animal things and cute photos, the Dodo is a great resource for that. So this article was titled, Cat Pretends Not to Like New Baby, Then Gets Caught Sneaking In to Nap With Her. And let me tell you, that's kind of all there is to the story. But (laughs) the details are really cute. What's the cat's name? The cat's name is Sunny. And he is a, um, at the time of his adoption, he was eight years old. They didn't state exactly how long it had been, but probably, you know, 10 or 10 plus year old short haired orange tabby cat. Yeah. He spent six years of his life in a shelter, more than half his life. They didn't state what area they're from or why he was in a shelter for so long. It seems like he's more of a quiet cat and quiet cats don't tend to show really well in shelters. So he was in a shelter from the time he was two all the way up until he was about eight years old. Um, And they adopted him and it was like love at first sight. They knew they wanted him. They, him and his mom and dad just had a nice quiet life at home and everything was well and he's perfectly happy with his routine. And then they brought a baby home. <gasps> How dare they? So his baby little sister named Hazel, oh, uh, he was very unimpressed with her. I bet. The nice thing about the story, I was a little bit worried when I first saw it, because a lot of times stories like this are all about how animals are so uncomfortable or so afraid of new babies right. that there's kind of like a danger aspect. And honestly, with Sonny, he was just very unimpressed. He did a little sniff, and then he just did his best to intentionally ignore the baby <laughs> in all aspects of life nice. for several months. If I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. Exactly. He was like, <laughs> nope. They were like, here, come see your sister. And he was like, ew. And just kind of walked 
walked away. So basically like baby Karina. Um, no, baby <laughs> Karina loved her siblings. Aww. I love my siblings very much still. Sometimes, you know, we're adults, so we have different issues, but I still <laughs> love them. <laughs> um, but so they thought, you know, well, it's not the end of the world. We wish that our cat and our baby could, you know, grow up and be friends. Yeah. But as long as everyone's safe, it's fine. But then one night they kind of woke up in the middle of the night and realized that they uh, that Sunny wasn't around. Sunny usually sleeps with them. Mm -hmm. So they checked up on the baby monitor and he had jumped into the baby's crib and was sleeping beside her. And they later kind of figured out that he was probably doing this for a while before, but just at night when no one was watching. But when (laughs) they went in and checked on him and he saw that they saw him, he Uh was like, I guess the jig's up. And then from then on, he was not so secretive about snuggling (laughs) with her and he'll regularly do it all days and hours of the night one of their updates towards the end when they were like getting this story published was that you know one morning she was really crying in her crib and when everyone was all around he just jumped right in and nuzzled her face to calm her and snuggle her and now they nap together all the time and they're like i don't know why he needed to pretend like he didn't so like her for so long sweet but actually they are gonna you be know best what? friends for life he had a reputation to maintain okay uh, right he's <laughs> like um cats and babies don't mix but actually they really do sunny and hazel we think will be best That's friends for a long so time now cute just such a sweet little story i know i've mentioned this before but when i was a baby my mom had a one-year-old cat mm-hmm. um and he was such a good cat He was so, so good. And he was so patient and understanding with me because babies are not great at interacting with, with animals without being grabby and pushy and No, because babies put everything in their hands and they're still learning how to use their hands and they put everything in their mouths and that's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Naturally, babies and animals don't go together without assistance of parents and very patient animals. Yes. And a lot of supervision. Yes. And my my mom's cat, George, he was so good. He tolerated me just hauling him all around. Of course he did. I have pictures of me putting a bonnet on his head. That poor cat. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, okay. "Okay." (laughs) And then when I got to be four years old, it was the first time he said, okay, there's boundaries here. Yeah. And you're old enough to understand them. Yeah. And we still had a great relationship. See? Oh, no, it was beautiful. There you go. I see things didn't go so smoothly in our house Uh-oh. with Jake when he was a oh. baby, my youngest brother. Um, Midnight, my oldest cat, who I still have, was a younger cat when Jake was born. Yeah. And he also was extremely tolerant of Jake until he was about two or three years old. That's fair. The only problem was that after that point, Jake was kind of like, I am scorned by this cat who oh, told me no. that I cannot just do what I want with him. <laughs> and so they, they didn't have a, a best friend relationship from then on. Aww. But that's okay because he's my cat and not yes. Jake's cat. So yeah, there you go. That's fine. All right, Cassie, what is the next story that you have for me? Is okay. it something a little bit more nerdy, a little more geeky? It is. It's super cool though. Okay. Okay. So Give me. this one's about parent parrots. parrots. I was going to say parents. But Parent it's just, parrots. No, it's just parrots. Oh, they don't have to be ones. parents. Okay. Only parrots. Okay. Parrots. Yes. Pa- parrots. Any, any particular type of parrots? In particular, these are the African gray parrots. I love African grays. They are so cool. They're so smart. They're so smart. If you are going to be that person that has a parrot as a pet, yeah. they're a highly recommended one. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, like a macaw. Right, right. Don't Unless, get a like, macaw. Unless, you know what to do with it. Don't get a macaw. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you said, African gray parrots are kind of widely 
considered to be one of the smartest avian species. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a story about some scientific research that mm-hmm. was done using them. Okay. So people had noted before that a lot of animal species beyond humans have kind of an understanding of two different things that go together in interesting ways. One of them is currency. So they kind of have the understanding of trading one thing that doesn't have a lot of value for something that has a lot more value. Okay. So I'm yeah. not sure if you ever saw that that meme that went around about the dog that watched people buying coffee and, and cookies at a stand with money. Mm-hmm. And so he found a leaf and went and lined up to buy his <laughs> own cookie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, animals do stuff, especially yeah. birds do stuff like that all yeah. the time. Yeah. For sure. My dog does that. Yeah. Poppy I mean, that's will... something that you taught her. But yeah, she yes, could grasp I did, it and understand. Yeah. I taught her to... But you taught it to her in reverse. What do you mean? So like in, in these instances, the animal identifies a valuable object that they want. Yes. And they bring something of, you know, all equal or right. higher value to be like, that's what I want. And your dog has the high value object <laughs> and you have to find, you then have to find yes. something higher value. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> she does try to bargain sometimes, but <laughs> usually not I win. successfully. <laughs> She's like, here's some garbage. Do you want this? <laughs> And I'm like, no, you can have that. And then she goes, oh, shucks, I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, Dip. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So then the other thing that they've observed is that some animals have a really clearly demonstrated regard for other animals in their same species well-being. Okay. And to the point where they will like make a little bit of a sacrifice for themselves in order to help out another animal in their species. Whether or not they're related, whether mm-hmm. or not they have some kind of like breeding relationship. Yeah. They're just like, oh, my dude, I have general human and or parrot and or, you know, animal yes. kindness. Yes, exactly. And that that's stronger, of course, if it's an animal that you know. Right. Exactly. So in research labs and wild habitats alike, plenty of animals have been observed giving friends food yeah so bonobos bonobo monkeys mm-hmm. will, bonobos. will pass morsels of meat to strangers mm-hmm. vampire bats will be so sweet and barf blood into hungry relatives mouths oh so sweet i know so sweet canines will tap their snouts to touch screens to ser- to share sausages with their pack mates mm-hmm. um but we hadn't ever observed that particular benevolent behavior mm-hmm. in an avian species. Right. Because birds are a little bit more out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because that's that's how they live. Right. They're social in that like some some types of birds will flock together. Right. But they don't necessarily rely on each other for right. Right, unless you're a corvid. Right, exactly. In which case. on the particular species. All for one and one for all, man. That's right. And yeah, we've talked about that before. Go back and listen. It was awesome. So these two scientists, Brooks and August von Bayern, who is an animal behaviorist at the Max Planck Institute for Ornithology in Germany. Fun. Right? Wanted to test the limits of this generosity in parrots particularly African greys. Well, you got to pick, if you're going to test for something that you don't regularly see, you yeah. want to pick the smartest ones. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Up for success. Yeah, totally. And like, I'm not going to pull, I'm not going to pull like a cockatiel for right. this. Right. Sorry. No, no. offense to cockatiels. No. They're pretty smart too, but. Yeah, they're know. great. But maybe like start off with someone who will pick it up easily. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they set up an experiment that involved the transfer of treats to friends. Okay. So the treats that they gave them were walnuts, which are super high value mm-hmm. treats because they're not a part of their regular diet. So right. they're a really good reward. Right. It's like a cookie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, don't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they're really, really, really high value. And they did this by training African gray parrots. Um, oh, and six blue-headed macaws. Okay, so the macaws too. Mm-hmm, to barter metal rings for walnuts. Okay. So they basically taught them, here's this metal ring. If you drop it in this place or you slide it through this thing, we'll give you a walnut. Nice. Right? So then they put the, the parrots in clear chambers joined by a transfer hole. Mm-hmm. And they gave one bird, the donor, 10 rings and the other was left with none. And they would actually um, put these in a neighboring, put the birds in neighboring cages for a while so that they would kind of like build up a little bit of a relationship. Be be like, hey, neighbor. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And so even without the promise of a reward for themselves, seven out of eight of the African gray parrot donors would pass some of their available tokens through the transfer hold to their broke friends, usually shuttling them from beak to beak. Aww. Isn't that sweet? So then that one was just kind of a jerk. I mean, or didn't like the other one. Maybe they had, maybe it was like, I'm not going to give my treats to Karen. <laughs> now, if it was Janet, it'd be different. But oh, okay. <laughs> so on average, about half the metal rings made it through, allowing the recipients to trade the trinkets for walnuts through another window. Wow. Isn't that cool? And they're not really sure if it was in spite of the fact that the nuts had such high value or maybe because the nuts had such high value. Right. Right. Yeah. That's kind of a hard one to test out. Yeah. I mean, you can do further tests to see if you can replicate the results with a lower value treat. Right. But even then you're kind of just like, is this an overall general behavior yeah. or is it because they're like, man, this, I'm just so fortunate yeah. that I have to share. Yeah. And I really like you. So I'm going right. to make sure you get this too. I see you don't have any of it. Yeah. I want you to have it too. And in some cases, they would actually give all 10 of their tokens. What? Yeah. Those ones are not very smart. Or are they the smartest? Because maybe they got all 10 back. (laughs) Mm. Maybe it's a socialist agenda here. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that's that story. That's pretty cool. Isn't that neat? A little geeky, but still like very uplifting. Really fun. And I'm a big fan. Yeah. I think... Between, you know, we're, we're at a halfway point mm-hmm. with our with our three different stories. And I think now is a good time to kind of shed the light on another fellow podcaster. We're going to pass some of our tokens along. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're going to take some of our listenership and share them, except for that it's a little bit different because right. hopefully you will listen to both podcasts. Yeah. Um, because like we said, you know, we're encouraging people to stay home, to, to keep some physical distance between yep. yourself and others. But physical distance doesn't have to mean cutting yourself off no from really cool experiences and having fun times with your family yeah listening to podcasts is a great way to make sure that you're still getting you're still human a part voices, of the world voices, right like right? and you can be aware of what other things are going on yeah and the podcast that we chose to spotlight today again from our lady pod squad promo submissions Ooh. if you're in if you're a podcaster uh a 
a female identifying Mm -hmm. or neutral identifying podcaster and you want to be in this group, please make sure to upload your promo to their promo submission spreadsheet. And let us know. A lot of times we pick off there because it's fun. I I think it's fun to just kind of cold call people. We get to meet so many new awesome pods that way. I know. It's great. Things that may be outside of genres that we would normally listen to or even you would normally listen to, but you get to try something new. Yeah. So today we decided we wanted to pick a podcast that would help you find even more things to do while you're hanging out at home and that would be fun and uplifting and not not furthering your anxiety or panic yes we did okay friends so this week we are sharing with you the promo from tea and strumpets a regency romance review give it Morning, Kelsey. I've got to tell you about this Regency romance I just read. Zoe, you're finished already? Oh, I couldn't put it down. Have you read anything new? (laughs) Not since you asked me yesterday. That's all right. I'll just find something I've read before. But Zoe, haven't you read and reread hundreds of these books? Well, they're my favorites. Far Off Places, Daring Damsels, True Love, and Dukes in Disguise. Since we both love these books so much, what if we made a podcast? Oh, but Kelsey... I insist! Well, all right, let's do it! Join us, real-life friends and real-life romance novel enthusiasts, every other week on Tea and Strumpets, a Regency Romance Review, as we discuss a book from our favorite genre and what makes it steamy or tepid. And, as the Regency period technically lasted only nine years, generally, we're talking post-wigs, but pre-telephone. So whether you're looking for a book to add to your to-be-read pile, or you've read our choice already, we've got a little something for everyone. Read along or just listen in. You can find us on your podcatcher of choice, and new episodes coming every other Thursday. So what see that every other week, just like us. So that's yep. so cool. On a Monday, you can get a, a Critter Cast episode. On a Thursday, you can get a Tea and Strumpets episode. Perfect. Just I why want not? to listen to that while eating tea and reading about strumpets. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> like when I clicked on it, I was like, I don't know what this is. But as soon as I understood what they were talking uh-huh. about, I was like, Cassie's going to love this podcast. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be hearing this podcast in the morning when she starts, yeah. when she presses play, when she gets up, yep. I'm going to start hearing it. Yep. Because it just felt, you know, just for you. It sounds it really perfect. Did. Also, it sounds like a really fun relationship between the hosts. They yeah. have a really good dynamic. Yeah. And I'm super down for that. I yeah. really like podcasts where... I can feel like I'm friends with the hosts, even if they don't know that they are my friends. Right, right. <laughs> like we're just all one big circle of friends. Exactly. Exactly. So hi, new friends. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your promo. We hope that you get some new listeners from it and we hope you continue on in this uplifting and kind of fun, lighthearted yeah. podcast. Realm. Do we that love good it. work. Oh my gosh. Are you ready for our next story? 
I'm so ready. I'm loving this. I okay. know it's a break from our norm, but this is, I'm so here for this. You know, and, and we will probably end up finding species of animals that we're like, okay, we have to do an episode right? on them later now. We, we gotta definitely know more about need them. to talk about African greys more. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's time for me to give my sciencey Yay. one. Oh my gosh. So my sciencey one, are you surprised again, is about lizards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. I like cats. I like snakes. I like lizards. What are you going <laughs> to just don't come at me. I like snails. Like it's just fun. Um, so specifically it is about a couple different species of anole, oh, okay. which you yeah. know are fun little, they started out as forest and jungle lizards mm-hmm. and are now becoming more and more urban as people right. build into their habitats, which is what this research is all about. So I found this article. Um, it was shared to sciencedaily.com, which is where I found it, mm-hmm. but it is like a full actual scientific, um, cool. What's the word? Like I'm a journal for. article. Yeah, it's a journal article, peer reviewed, all peer that reviewed, fun yeah. stuff. Nice. Uh, and it is by Shane Campbell Statton, Kristen Winchell, Nicholas Rochette, Jason Fredette, Inbar Mayan, and Raina Schweizer. Oh, and Julian Katchen. Nice lots of work. lots of people in that there. Was great. So much fun. Well, um, it takes a lot of people to write a right? scientific article. It really does. Yes. Most of the quotes from the like the snapshot I read were by Kristen Winchell, but cool. I'm sure they all had yeah. a pretty decent contribution to this article. So what they wanted to look at is that it seemed like they were seeing a lot of anoles popping up specifically in um, cities in Puerto Rico. Okay. Because that's kind of where they're from and they see them more and more. And the more we build into these urban settings and we have a lot of concrete and a lot of metal, the more, um, and you know, we have climate change and all that fun stuff yeah uh the more that we see a lot of heat build up in these areas that were previously forest you know you had the cover from the trees and the lizards didn't have to deal with these higher temperatures right but they're also seeing lizards beginning to adapt to be able to maintain all their normal behaviors and survive at extremely high temperatures oh. which is not something that anoles previously were able to do wow good so, adaptation y'all right nice and it's like a very rapid adaption and evolution because urbanization is right. very rapid right and well and just, global warming has been very exactly. rapid and they just have been able wow. to what they showed in this one population study is that the anoles were able to maintain normal behaviors even up to 40 degrees Celsius, which is 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Stop. Like in the broad daylight sun, they're able to just keep wow. doing their thing. Humans like can survive, no. but only with assistance. I cannot do my normal. If you were just like outside in 104 degree heat, Without anything to protect you or no, cool I'm you down. Not. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing. So they're able to just do this. But what's really interesting about it is that it's only true of lizards that are born within the city and not necessarily lizards that are born in the forest and like so migrate towards some sort the city. of a gene expression or something mm-hmm. in these. Exactly. Yeah. So not all of the individuals of these, I think it was 15 different species they observed. Uh-huh. Not all of the different individuals had the genetic ability to express it. And even then they could only see it when they were living in this. So right, it's right. like, they call it a hidden superpower because nice. the genes are only expressed in a specific environment, right. which is true of a couple other things. But sure. you know, a lot of times like you express your genes no matter what. That's just how <laughs> your body is coded. Can, can we make a T-shirt that it says express your genes? <laughs> <laughs> express your genes. 
Um, but yeah, so, um, that was really cool because previously, you know, this, this study in particular was published on March 9th in the nature ecology and evolution journal. Um, so it's a very, very new study, which yeah. is, I mean, literally like a week old, which is kind of cool. So cool. Um, to kind of be just like up in it. Nice. Previously they'd observed these same species of lizards evolving like longer limbs and larger toe pads, because that's another way to kind of keep yourself right. off the heat and, and help yourself. But literal thermal tolerance is a much more complex trait yeah. and it is super fascinating that they were just able to adapt and evolve within very few generations that's amazing it's fascinating that's so cool i did not read the full full paper i only read the article that kind of like summarized mm-hmm. it for me but we'll link but to it yeah if you're interested in reading the full full paper it is available online nice. and like oh my gosh that's awesome right lizards are so cool they really are that's really, really neat. And gnolls. They're just cute little things. Well, and remember in Animorphs, that's what that one guy turned into. Oh, okay. I never read Animorphs. The book covers freaked me Are you kidding out. me? You would have loved Animorphs. No, I couldn't. Because so many of them like were morphing into insects. And at the time, I just like... I, mm, no, no. Okay, well, I know what you need to do with <laughs> no. any quarantine time you have. No, some of us are not getting quarantined from our jobs. <laughs> some of us can't work from home, which is, you know, it's fine. I, I'm sure that's true for a lot of people in animal welfare right now. It's true. Yeah. We are on the front lines, yep. not as much as healthcare workers, no. but... Or first responders. You have to keep dealing with the public, though, in order to keep those animals safe and cared for. Exactly. And we're trying to think of ways to um, get our resources out into the community so that if they don't feel okay coming to us, and also just so that we discourage people coming to us. Yeah. But we also still need people to come to us to adopt animals so that we don't end up full. Right, but just come in to adopt that one animal that you already know you want to adopt and then leave. And then just like leave. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just come in to browse. Yeah, and also we wipe down doorknobs like 20 times a day now. Nice. We're just like, nobody touch. Perfect. <laughs> well, I have another happy, happy, happy story for you. Excellent. Okay. Spread it's, it. It's a little short, but it's local to us, kind of-ish. Okay. And it's just such a fun little story. Give me. Okay, so this is about an exciting event that happened on January 18th at the Los Angeles Zoo. Okay. It's a gorilla. Uh, (laughs) My little cousin's going to love this. Gorillas are her favorite. Oh, awesome. Gorillas are so cool. So they had a really big breakthrough and a a new baby lowland gorilla was born, which was the first for them in 20 years. Yeah, because most zoos, you see a lot of highland gorillas. Yep. That's what... Mm-hmm. The and more the lowland are species. critically endangered. Absolutely. So it's really, really great that they had this baby A born. successful breeding program. Yep. Okay, what did they Good name job. him or her? Okay, well, let me let me take you back a little bit okay. to tell you about the folks. So the zoo announced the birth of its first baby gorilla in more than two decades. Born to critically endangered West, Western lowland gorillas, Kelly, that's the dad, was 32, and first-time mama... Nadia. Nadia. Nadia? Mm-mm. There's a, it's an apostrophe. Oh. D-J-I-A. Nadia? Nadia? Probably. 
um, who's Something 25 like years old. And she's a first-time mom, but Kelly had had multiple babies before, and he'd always been a really good, playful, patient dad. Oh, good. And she had been in a, a group with babies around mm-hmm. and with mothers around, so they knew that she would be able to get like support, right. and she'd seen how babies were taken care of. Right. So three weeks after the the birth of the baby, um, the zoo's animal care staff was able to confirm that the as of yet unnamed baby gorilla is a girl because it's really important to let mama and baby bond yeah. for a really yeah. long time and yeah. to have that that body to body skin to skin contact. So they didn't want to even try taking baby no. away. I mean, because that's the thing about zoos that are responsible and when they yes. have these breeding programs, you set them up for success. You mm-hmm. have to set up the breeding a lot of times because you want to make sure that you're breeding healthy animals that are going to yep. thrive and survive. But you let them do their thing. And that should be true of all responsible breeders, not even in wildlife. But you let them do what they do best and take care of their babies. And you only intervene when you have to. Yep. So, yeah, maybe that that means we don't get adorable photos of newborn gorillas immediately. But if you have a zoom lens, maybe we can. Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I just found out that she has been named... This just came out um, at the end of February. Aww. Her name is very well fit. It's Angela. What? From Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Welcome, Angela. That doesn't make any sense. We're but it very... also seems like their names are kind of all over the place in general. <laughs> uh, it's that, also a sweet story, too, because um, the way that they, the baby was named was that someone who's been a longtime patron of the zoo. Uh-huh. Named the baby after oh, his daughter. Oh, isn't that sweet? That's cute. Aww. See, that's guys support the organizations you love because you know, a they can continue doing the yes. life saving or impacting or just super cool fun work depending on the organization that you love and support. Yeah. But b maybe one day in the future you can name a baby gorilla. You don't know. Oh my gosh. Maybe live in the dream. Yeah, <laughs> just just maybe. Amazing. Or if you support your local shelter, I bet they'll let you name a kitten. There's hundreds. Oh, yeah, totally. That's (laughs) so fun. So while you should not go to the zoo right now, because there are large groups of people, don't go to the zoo right now. Uh, You can definitely follow them on Instagram and Mm -hmm. everywhere else on social Mm -hmm. media. And you'll be able to see pictures of the little baby clinging to its mama and nursing and observing her surroundings. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't see her right now anyway. So Mm -hmm. by the time all of this comes down, we're able to get a handle of it. We're able to control the spread of this virus better. It'll be perfect time to go see Angela at the Los Angeles County Zoo. Yep. Oh, perfect. I know. It'll be so fun. That's so good. And for those of you who are thinking, man, you know, like, I really want to get out and do all these fun things while the weather's nice. By the time this all dies down, it's going to be so hot, depending on where you live. A lot of places are Mm -hmm. setting up live feeds and webcams and virtual tours. Oh, my gosh. They're trying to get people involved. And a lot of this, they are offering for free. So take advantage of those. If you enjoy it, consider making donations to these organizations. For sure and zoos and aquariums uh, and or buy gift cards buy gift cards into mm-hmm. places buy tickets that are you know n- you know don't expire yeah. that you can go visit later um, all all of these things are are really really important for all these businesses that are Definitely. suffering so you know your favorite restaurant or your movie passes or mm-hmm. anything like that um, make sure to find other ways to support them at this time so for that sure. by the time this all dies down you can still go and enjoy them yes the big thing 
thing is, guys, it's a bummer to miss out on the things that we love to do that involve other people. It's a bummer to not be able to go shopping. You know, we talked in the previous episode about how Cassie and I are both in the process of buying homes and we're not <laughs> going to Ikea and Home Depot and no, Home Goods as fun not. as it is. A, online shopping's a thing. You can have a lot of fun online shopping. So true. B, it will all die down. And yes. when it does, all of these things will still be there. And the people that we love that might have otherwise gotten sick if we hadn't made good choices yep. will also be there to enjoy it with us. Yep. So this is not a punishment for you. This mm -mm. is something that we're asking everybody to participate in to protect everybody else. It's an investment in our community. Absolutely. And honestly, if you had told me last year that in 2020, I would be spending a bunch of time at home on my couch with my animals, watching Netflix, being online, I would be like, okay, sign right? me up. Adding, adding I would not a, have realized the connection right. to the context. Adding but. virtual teaching to your resume. Oh, I've, I've taught online multiple times before. Oh, but like literally everything yes everything has to be remote and online <sighs> it's okay i'm not stressed at all it's fine it's, it's okay, okay. It's fine. i well it's i fine. was i added some new things to my resume this week i added pigeon wrangler yeah you to did. my to my resume so this cool. week if you guys follow us on social media instagram or facebook or twitter i think i showed it there too mm -hmm. you'll have seen my photo of me with our adoptable pigeon sophie <gasps> Um, being she's so cute. She's such pigeon. an adorable and pigeon. Let me let you guys know I did it wrong. I didn't do it good. The first time I went to grab her, I went in with not enough confidence. Oh, yeah. And she fluttered away from me. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm mm -hmm. just going to grab her. Got a picture of her. But then when I was trying to like kind of set her down so that my hands weren't in the picture, she just like totally freaked out, flew away from me, oh, was no. flying all around the room. The oh, rabbits were like, what's going on? <laughs> Literally, this pigeon flew to the door handle and was like hopping up and down on the door handle she trying to, to open, open the door. door. Oh and I was my like, gosh. oh sweetheart, you're not heavy enough to open oh, the door. Oh, that's precious though. But I was like, pigeons are smart. Yes, you know? they are. Like people like to, you know, pigeons in movies are always dumb or like, you know, moving their heads around right. and not being very smart. But pigeons were literally used in several different wars yeah. as carriers and message takers of yep. very important messages. We trusted pigeons with our lives. Absolutely. And rightfully so. They're very intelligent animals. And if you want a pigeon in your life, check out Sophie at the Elk Grove Animal Shelter. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, it's actually time for our pet adoption spotlight. Yay! And Sophie is not our official, but oh you know, we'll plug her too. I picked the animals last episode. Uh -huh. Cassie, do you have a, a cool animal to spotlight? I have two from okay. the same organization. Sounds good. So we did dogs last time. This time we're doing cats. Yay! Yay! So these are both from Alley Cats Rescue, which Ooh, is... I love Alley Cats. A-L-L-E-Y-K-A-T-T-Z. Oh. And they're in New York City. Okay. New York. New York, New York. New York, New York. It's a wonderful New York. town. New York, New York. Right? <laughs> so the first one is Belle... Oh, she's really, really cute. She's mostly white. She's got really light kind of jade green eyes. Oh, one white ear. And then she's got some tabby spots. Oh, cute. She's adorable. Adorable. She's about five years old. Okay. And she's a lap cat. I love a lap cat. She loves her people too. She Aww. really likes to be with people. She likes to cuddle. Yeah. She does not super love being around other animals. Okay. Because that's fair. She's a little stressed out around that's other animals. That's fair, girl. 
Um, but she's very, very, very friendly and very social with people. So she would be wonderful for a home with um, kids even. Oh, wow. And with people who want to have some really good quality time and one pet to really dote on. Right. So if you're in the New York City area and you've been looking around for an animal and you have an animal-free home right now and you want to bring one animal in and give it all the love and attention you can... Take a look at yeah. Belle. She's on petfinder.com. And Very you can nice. find her by looking for her through Alley Cats. A-L-L-E-Y-C-A-T-T-Z. K-A-T-T-Z. K-A-T-T-Z. Yep. That's right. We'll there post a link too. And then the other one I thought was really a good kind of combination with her. Okay. Because she wants to be really in an only one animal home. Mm-hmm. Well, this cat, Booker... Mm-hmm. would love to be around other animals. Ah. So Booker, oh my gosh, he's adorable. He's got such a cute face. He's mostly black. He's a tuxedo. He's mostly black. He's got a little white patch on his nose. Mm-hmm. Like just runs right up his nose a little bit. It's mm-hmm. adorable. And then he's got a white chest and little white paws. Mm-hmm. Really, really Very cute. classic tuxedo. Very classic. Yeah. He's a medium coat, so he's okay. probably really soft. A little bit, little bit of fluff. A little bit of fluff. And he likes kids and he loves other cats. Look at that. He lived a tough street life. He was a a man around the town. And so he does have his left ear tipped. Because once upon a time, mm -hmm. he was neutered and put back outside. Yep. And then he decided, no, I don't want to live outside anymore. Hey, I I actually would like to live in a house. Yeah, I want a couch. Uh, Give me a couch, please. And a bed. Yep. (laughs) So he decided to walk into the first warm home that he could find. His foster mom (laughs) says that he is a sweet, affectionate, playful, yet really chill dude. He's got absolutely gorgeous coat and eyes that melt hearts. And he would love to come and help warm your lap. Oh, that's lovely. So two lap cats from Alley Cats. Right. And one one for anybody. So if you have other cats and you want a new cat, check out Booker. If you don't have any other animals, check out Belle. Yeah. All Just right. excellent stuff. And again, Two he's... Two superstar cats. He's with Alley Cats. So you can um, contact them to ask about adopting by emailing them at adopt at Alley Cats. Wait, hold on. Let me get the actual right one. <laughs> Instead of just trying to do it from memory. Yeah. Adopt.alleycats at gmail.com. There you go. Yay. Sounds fun. Please do adopt them. And if you're not in the New York area and you're looking to adopt, Pet Finder is a great resource because you can filter through what type of animal you're looking for, yeah. what characteristics the organization that animal is with identifies them as having. So totally. if you have a very particular home and you need an animal that's going to be able to fit in or you are looking for an animal of a certain age range or right. even a dog or cat with a specific breed or coloring, though I don't recommend basing your search off that but some people have very particular preferences you can absolutely still find a rescue near you big sites like pet finder and adoptapet.com are really good resources or just visit your local shelter not right now by your local rescue not right now i mean (laughs) most shelters are not follow your shelter's recommendations because most animal shelters are not shutting down unless they feel like they daily have a lot of crowds follow them on social media Find an animal you want to go meet and then go briefly adopt and go home. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I know like at our shelter, stopping by, even if you didn't know who you wanted to adopt, mm-hmm. would probably still be but fine. But you know you want to adopt. Right. You're I not mean, just browsing. Even if you're just looking, we just don't have the crowd, so we don't have the worry of... Right you know having too many people and you can hand sanitize and our facility is new it's kept very clean we're able to regularly disinfect you able to be socially distant by six feet exactly and it's built with nice wide hallways so there's just a lot of space for people to be able to a different shelter facility so some shelters that know they regularly have crowds of people not observing that six foot recommendation um or who just know that their facilities aren't able to be disinfected as regularly are, you know, switching to maybe appointment only adoptions or, um, you know, meeting people out in more open spaces to, uh, to view animals. So we are still hoping to foster out and adopt out animals in this time, but each shelter is going to need to accommodate it differently in order to keep their community safe. So that brings up something that I was thinking about, which is that if you're stuck home by yourself right now and, you're maybe having a little bit of cabin fever. You're feeling like you are not getting a lot of social interaction. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like the perfect time to try fostering. Yeah, because you're going to be home more than you would be home. Yeah. And that's always recommended with a new foster animal since you don't know if they like being home alone or not. If you don't have other animals to occupy you currently, mm-hmm. you are the ideal foster home for lots and lots of stressed out shelter animals nice. out there. Even if you do have other animals at home, I guarantee there's someone out in a shelter near yeah. you that would benefit from hanging out on your couch with you. Um, especially if you're looking to foster uh, more active animals like dogs or cats, they'll encourage you to still go outside. Going outside is still okay, you yeah. guys. Just go outside while maintaining your six foot personal bubble. Well, and what a great way to make sure that you're still getting activity and sunlight and vitamin D. Right. While Don't you're... be a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> still be a human. Just be a human that enjoys some me time. Yes. Be an introvert. Yeah, right. <laughs> Be an animal loving introvert. Yeah, and even if you, even if it's not outside, but having a young active cat or a kitten, the yes. cats are still going to breed when it gets warm, oh, regardless yeah. of whether anyone's They don't care outside. about coronavirus. No, um, <laughs> you can still find yourself being active and just having social interaction because, yes, it is. true that animals are not at risk of contracting coronavirus or giving it to you. Awesome. You know, the only thing that might be a concern is if they were, you know, if somebody else had coronavirus, a human coughed on them, did not (laughs) clean their dog, and then theoretically you came into contact with it. There's a small potential there. Makes sense. But uh, recent studies and research are showing that you're far more likely to contract it by breathing in air particles around people. In a large group setting. Yeah. Yeah. Versus coming into contact. I mean, still wash your hands, (sighs) which is something you should have been doing all along. Um, Still sanitize frequently touched surfaces, which is, again, something you should be doing all along. Yes. Um, But your risk of contracting it from a foster animal is extremely low. And what a great way to lighten up your days. Yeah. Also, to add some vavoom to those Zoom (laughs) meetings that you'll be having. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It depends on your job and whether or not they're going to enjoy, you know, puppies crying. Or My students uh, were very excited to see a cat pop up in my Zoom video. (laughs) Multiple times. They're like... "Um, Multiple cats, multiple times. (laughs) You're like, it's a zoo over here. Oh, so cute. I said, yes, cute. Get out of my way. You're like, stop it. Get off the computer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's, that's the CritterCast take 
on the world right now. You guys know we like to take sometimes sad and disheartening news and try and find the good parts in it. Yes. I wouldn't necessarily consider Cassie or myself unrelenting optimists. I think we have a really good take that it's a real world and this is a serious problem. Right. But we don't have to let it take Mm -mm. us down and we don't have to let it stop everything about our lives. Mm -hmm. We can be resilient. We can still participate in the world as human beings. Yep. We We just have have to do so. Self-care routines during this difficult time. Right. You just have to do so in a way that keeps others safe. So please remember with this whole social distancing and Mm self-isolation and self-quarantining that this is not something you do for yourself. Some of people do it for themselves and to keep themselves safe, but Regardless of what how, whatever level of concern you are about yourself, this is something that we do for everyone yep. because it doesn't matter whether it's your parent or your grandparent or your neighbor or your friend or literally a complete stranger. Yes. We should value everybody the same way. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Be kind to all critters. Including the humans. The human this, ones. This episode alone. That's right. <laughs> So I have an idea that I think would be super, super, super fun. Mm-hmm. There's lots of kids stuck home right now. And some schools gave work to work on at home. Right. But some schools they weren't able to. Uh-uh. They They Absolutely. didn't have time. Totally understandable. Right. Well, I think it would be so fun if you're a kiddo who's listening to this podcast or you have a kiddo in your life. I think you should have them do something about animals to share with us. Have them draw a picture about their favorite animal Mm -hmm. or do a short little video about their telling us about their favorite animal Mm -hmm. or a cool animal fact. Yeah. Share it with us on any of our social media pages. Yeah. We could put together an awesome compilation. Yeah. And then we'd love to send that kiddo a sticker. Yeah. Should be fun. A sticker of any CritterCast crew member of their choosing yes so we officially have lovely artwork by our friend zara art by zara um for every single one of our resident critters that are part of the CritterCast crew both the reptiles and the mammals Mm -hmm. um and we are going to do another reorder of stickers so of their choosing whether they're a fan of poppy or basil or midnight or actually you know what we don't have bug yet Oh, no. Oh, no. We need a bug. I'll do a sketch of bug. <laughs> okay. That'll um, be great. But in general, if they're fans of any of them, they can choose a sticker of their choosing. Yes. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of, a little be, it'll be great. Yeah. So that's Have what CritterCast do is doing. little tiny bit of research. Right. And they can be mini. Share that research Mini CritterCasters. Mini casters. Mini podcasters. Love, love it. So fun. Um, in the meantime, if you're looking for more CritterCast podcast content. So much more. Oh my gosh. Cassie, where can they find us? Well, they can find all of our older episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify. We're back. All Thank of you. our episodes are back up streaming on Spotify. Thank you folks at Blueberry, our hosting site, for getting that sorted out. Yep. That was frustrating. <laughs> but we're back. But we're back. And all of our episodes past like episode number 23, I think, are kid-friendly. Yes. So Feel free to listen in the car with your kiddos um, or not in the car in the home, at home while on eating your, on your Amazon Alexa popcorn on your and drawing pictures of your Google favorite. home. Yeah. Yes. All the fun things. All the fun things. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. Maybe you want to watch some cool videos about mm-hmm. CritterCast. You can watch some of our Meet the Critters videos. Mm-hmm. You can watch our Reptile Expo vlogs. Yeah. So fun. 
Yeah, those are at CritterCast mm-hmm. on YouTube. Where mm-hmm. else can they find us? They can find us at our website. That's oh, a really that? great resource, CritterCastPodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, you can find us, you know, all of our episodes are on there. Of course, you can subscribe to our episodes right there on our website. You can also find our merchandise shop on Redbubble. You can find some resources on how to help animals. Right now, all the info on there is still specifically about Australian animals and how to help them mm-hmm. because, you know, as efforts go long past when the fires yep. are put out um you can also Recovery. find resources on reptiles if you're <gasps> interested in owning your very own critter yeah um, you can find some resources on who to pick and once you've picked one of those beginner ones that we've recommended how to set them up for success with our Fabulous. care sheets so lots of cool things hanging out on our website crittercastpodcast.com or you can follow us on that standard social media you mm-hmm. can follow us on facebook at crittercast on instagram at crittercast podcast yep. and on twitter at cast critter that's right for the dankest of animal memes <laughs> the most recent of cool animal articles yes and the random pictures of critters we meet in our daily lives yes some of them are pigeons some of them are snails congregating for whatever reason they were congregating some for. Some of them are cannibal snails. Right. Some of them <laughs> are our own resident critters. So A lot of them are our own resident critters. Just critters. enjoy. Yeah. It's good stuff. And you can always email us too if there's something you want to share with us or if you want us to talk about a particular critter that we haven't talked about yet, email us at crittercastpodcast at gmail.com. We are always happy to hear from you, literally in any way. Yes. Ooh, leave us reviews too. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell yeah. us how much you love Shout us. Shout out to our to our reviewer <laughs> on Facebook this oh, yeah. week. Such a fun time. We really appreciated your just kind of out of the blue review. It was so sweet. So super shout out to... Loading, 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 reviews. There we go. I feel like it was Cynthia. Cynthia Fiesel. I was right. Thank you, Cynthia. That was so sweet. We love that. Yes. So thank you for listening. And if you've done all of that or you've done some of that, but you're like, "Mm, this isn't 100% the CritterCast content I came for. (laughs) Well, maybe hop on over to (gasps) patreon.com slash CritterCast and check us out on Patreon. So that's a place where our just extra super critter cast fanatics can go for super special content in exchange for their support of the podcast. Yeah. You can support our podcast for many ways, you know, but free ways like listening to us, reviewing, telling a friend, just yes. enjoying, yes. following us on social media. That's a completely free way to support our podcast. If you're looking to, you know, give a little bit of money to support the podcast, like for new equipment, mm-hmm. new studio stuff, excursions out to reptile shows and booths to, you know, put our outreach out there, stickers and merchandise and all that fun stuff, um, you can donate as little as $1 a month all the way up to, I don't know, however crazy you want to get per month. Yeah. Um, And get access to additional content, first access to photo shoots and stickers Mm -hmm. and new merchandise. Uh, We are working hard to be more and more active on Patreon. Speaking of, our next Patreon episode, instead of being about a magical creature, (gasps) which is our normal Patreon episodes, once a month, magical creatures, this fun Patreon special for the month of March will be all about (laughs) 
how to move with pets <laughs> because that's Based our life right now. Personal experience, but also research. Yes. Yes. So uh so enjoy that. Hop on over to patreon.com slash crittercast if you're interested in listening to that episode or an episode fully about dragons or an episode <gasps> fully about unicorns. Those are our existing Patreon or episodes. Fully about a lake monster. Oh right. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite. Tahoe Tessie. Yep. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to CritterCast today. Once again, I am your co-host, Karina. I'm your co-host, Cassie. And, and we love you all. We love you guys. We just know that our CritterCast listeners are the type of people who are proactively social distancing because they care about oh, yeah, they everyone. Are. And they are washing their hands for 20 seconds while belting out Jolene. Or whatever show tune <laughs> or other assorted song you would like. Also, I, I read a graphic that you can probably state the entire opening monologue of um, Law and Order SVU. And that's <laughs> about 20 seconds as well. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> so, you know, I love it. you're just one of those people. We thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you next episode or hear you or you will hear us next episode <laughs> on CritterCast. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the Crittercast Podcast.